The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, June 13th, the Bed, Bath, and Biting edition. I'm Dan Coyce. I'm an editor and writer at Slate, and I'm the author of the forthcoming book, How to Be a Family. I'm the dad of Lyra, who's 14, and Harper, who's 11. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. I'm a journalist and podcaster in New Hampshire, and I am mom to Henry, who is 17, Teddy, who is 16, and my stepdaughter, Lily, who just turned 19. Happy birthday, Lily. <laughs> and joining us today as a guest host, we're very excited to have one of Slate's brand new parenting advice columnists. Please say hello. Hi, I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, cultural critic, and communication strategist currently based in Brooklyn and en route to Los Angeles. And I am the co-parenting mother of Naima, who is six. Today on the show, we've got listener questions about how to get a kid to take a bath and the case of the biting cousin, plus triumphs and fails and recommendations. So let's start off with some triumphs or fails. Rebecca, what do you have today? A triumph or a fail? I'm in the middle of what is sure to be a fail. It's a you can't win no matter what you do situation. So I was just hoping you guys could help me work it out. Uh, my son, Henry, is graduating from high school this Friday. We're having a party for him over the weekend. It's like a very big deal. It's a lot going on. But as a lot of high school graduations go, we are getting allotted like four tickets that actually have seats in the way that it works at my son's school is that it's um this is going to sound super new hampshire i apologize apologize in advance but the graduation itself was in a giant old barn it's very charming and um what happens is like you, very shabby chic it is it is except they've been doing it like way before chip and joanna so i'm not going to give them credit for it but it's in this giant <laughs> barn and uh all the kids get each get four tickets and then there's like a reserved section in front for your four tickets and then anybody else who wants to come can just come but it's like general seating basically in the back you like get you know sit where you sit so with the politics of family sort of like at the forefront of like any situation that involves having to get parents to come and like me and my ex-husband and my uh, husband Kevin and everybody to come it's like we have these four seats uh, my ex-husband said you know his parents can't make it and he was like so you can have three and I'll take one and I'm like okay this is great because my stepdaughter can have the third one because Henry's brother Teddy is singing in the chorus and playing in the band in graduation, so he doesn't need a seat. So it's like all good. So then my stepdaughter says a couple days ago that she can't make graduation because she has something else going on that day, but she is coming to the party that weekend and blah, 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 blah. And so now I have this one ticket and I haven't told anybody in my extended family that I have this ticket because I know I cannot win. I just know it. Like if I ask, you know, if I say to my mom, like, do you want to come sit with us up in these reserved seats? She'll be like, of course, I'm entitled to it. But then it will be like I'm excluding other people. And also it will mean that like we have to sit with my mom at the graduation and like she has to be with my ex-husband and like that could be weird. So I'm thinking about just like not telling anybody that I have this ticket and like giving it to some somebody else <laughs> one of Henry's friends wants it for someone in their family which I know I also won't be able to win because my mom is definitely sharp enough to like look up at where we're sitting and see that there are only three of us <laughs> using these tickets and she does know there are four because she's like been on the school's website and checked out this whole situation because that's just how she rolls so yeah I'm in the middle of a fail I cannot win what do you guys think I should do? Should I just give the ticket away and say, sorry, Henry had a friend in need, so we only have three? Should I leave it blank? Should I ask her to come sit with us? Which I promise will also somehow be the wrong thing to do. What would you guys do in this situation? 
Well, my first thought is, did you ask Henry who he would want to invite? He doesn't care. Now he He doesn't doesn't care. care. (laughs) He's really laid back. I I think grandma, your mother, may be the path of least resistance Hmm. with all the challenges that come with. Um, I I think there's something to the the grandmother role. And it sounds like I I don't know if his other grandmother or grandmothers are are still living or uh, well, you said that his father's parents aren't coming. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to come to town at all. Yeah. I, I think it's grandma's ticket to 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 have. Yeah. I, I ju- it just doesn't seem like there would uh, there'd be a better way to, to find some peace. And that having her not upset with you is probably worth having all the other people upset with you. Oh, she'll still be upset with me. She'll figure something out. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's like probably mom. right. That, that's probably the right call. What do you think, Dan? I'm excited about this chance to to avert a fail in progress. <laughs> I feel like we rarely have this opportunity. Uh, could you sell the ticket on Craigslist for like a hundred bucks or something? Oh, that's definitely what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, I agree with Jamila. You got to give it to your mom. And like anyone else who gets upset at you, I feel like you have a great out, right? You just have to be like, ah, oh, you know, moms, right? Yep. <laughs> like if you say that, everyone is going to be like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. Uh, and you're, I'm sure you're right that your mom will, you know, grouse at you about something else. But, like, you've got this win under your belt if you give her this ticket. You secured this impossible-to-secure golden ticket behind the ropes <laughs> at Studio 54 for her. Um, and just, like, revel in that and shut it out if she complains about something else. All right. I'll do my best. Thanks for the advice, guys. I appreciate it. Good luck. Uh, Jamila, what about you? Do you have a triumph or a fail this week? I think I have a fail that I, um, I, I may have transitioned into a triumph for once. My uh, darling daughter, Naima, who's six, is a habitual nurse's office patient. Um, <laughs> she oh, finds yeah. her way there quite often with the, the smallest of complaints. And I typically go get her. Um, you know, if the nurse calls, I'm like, okay, well, I just can't risk this being something serious or really not feeling well, you know, and and maybe it's not physical, maybe it's emotional, but my baby needs me. And last week she did it. Um, I was halfway there and I texted her father and he said, you know what? She needs to stay at school. If she doesn't have a fever, she's not vomiting, you know, she'd already missed a couple of days that week. She she needs to stop thinking of school as being optional. And he was absolutely right. So I called the nurse back and said, you know, I'm not coming. And I think I've begun the process uh, towards freedom from having my schedule perpetually interrupted at any given moment because my daughter decided that she'd rather have my company than the company of her classmates and her teachers. And, you know, and she wasn't sick. That's great. Huge triumph. <laughs> Huge. Enormous triumph. That's like clear branding uh, situation there. Huge triumph. I think there should be a bell or something for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I think when I do it one more time, I can say I've, I've conquered it. Right. Uh, so how did she respond when she got home that day? Did you did she give you static about it? So I went to pick her up. And the first thing she said was, Mommy, the nurse said, Daddy called and said that you, could, you weren't going to come pick me up. <laughs> and so I said, well, wait. I thought maybe the first thing you would tell me is that you weren't feeling well, mm. you know, so that she immediately had to complain about like, well, I thought you were coming. And then daddy said, you know, no, and I, and you didn't come. Answered the question for me, you know, as to had I done the right thing or not by, by not mm. coming. And I clearly had done the right thing because she was absolutely fine, though her illness did try to find its way back in that moment. Um, so she could prove it to me that she actually had been sick all day. Uh, it, <laughs> she was 
<laughs> Unfortunately, she wasn't able to summon a cough or a fever at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Do either of you find it like absolutely maddening to talk to nurses and try to get them to just tell you what the hell to do. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good. No. Oh God. I I just find it. I don't know if nurses, if school nurses, have undergone some training to just never actually tell parents whether they should come get their freaking kids or not. Yeah. But I often just wish that the nurse would be like, "This one's real. Come get her." Yeah. But I guess they can't. I don't know. I wonder if that is kind of a, you know, protecting themselves in the school from the potential of a lawsuit. You know, if they direct you away from coming and it turns out that the child is really sick. Like there have been times where, you know, like, hey, your child vomited, um, you know, or she has a fever where it was, you know, implied pretty clearly you need to come get her. But, you know, I've asked, well, what do you think? How does she look like she's not feeling well? How's she acting? <laughs> and, you know, she's basically like, well, I mean, you know, if she's in here. She's laying down. If you'd like to come get her, she's here. You know, my lunch is yep. at 2.30. So just let me know <laughs> how, how, how can I plan around? Are you coming or not? Um, but no, it, it drives me crazy, too, because I just and I feel like at this point we have a relationship. You know how often I come up there <laughs> like we're we're not friends. You can't be like, girl, you know, she bullshit. You know, like, like, like you can't just give me that tip. We haven't I haven't earned that yet. I think she could if you, I mean, I don't know. I think it's personality driven. There probably are rules and they probably are afraid of, you know, litigious parents or whatever. But the reason I don't have this problem is that the school nurse where my boys go to high school is so freaking chill. Like Henry has had a couple of fainting episodes in high school and uh, he had one in particular where I didn't know about. I mean, like I got the call later in the day. It was like this happened. It sounds like it was super scary, but she's like, yeah. And then he just seemed okay, And he said he wanted to go back to class. So we just kind of like let him. I just want to let you know. No, like, and I was like, wow, you know, if you weren't so chill, like I would have been panicked like, leaving work. But um, I think that part of it is that, you know, they, she's known me for so long that she knows my question will be like, so what do you think? Like, I have a meeting with my boss. Should I cancel that? And it's going to be a huge pain for me. Do you really think this is that? And like, she'll just be like, yeah, you should or no, you shouldn't. I think you can say that. And I, I think that nurses probably... I don't know. I guess it probably depends where they work. But the school nurse at my kid's school, definitely, I feel like we have an understanding. <laughs> it's really nice. New Hampshire nurses working <laughs> in the barn. And Graduations in barns. Yes. the good answers. It's also quaint. Yeah. Charming yeah. AF, right? Well, you can give her the seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give the nurse the seat. At graduate. That's such a good idea. For the she care is. and comfort she's provided. I don't want to give her a right. seat because she let your baby faint and didn't freak you out like she was supposed to. Because when you said that I fainted, I was like, he did what? <laughs> and, and and she was calm about it? Yeah, she's really calm. <laughs> it was comforting. <laughs> All right. So I, too, have a fail. We have uh, we, we have a one, a one averted fail, one triumph, and then one straight up fail on my part this week. Uh, my fail is that I just simply cannot abide my daughter whistling. So Harper, my younger daughter, loves to whistle. Um, in fact, many years ago, uh, she just taught herself to whistle when she was like four because she just thought it was so cool that humans could do that. And so she spent a week just like diligently practicing. Um, but recently, she's just started just like cheerfully whistling all the time just around the house. And I just simply cannot take it. Like, I love that she loves music and I love that she is jaunty. Like, I love my jaunty kid, but the actual sound of it is like nails on a chalkboard to mm. me. 
and we'll just like we'll be sitting there in silence reading or people will be having a conversation and she'll just walk in the room like (laughs) and I just like ah and I feel awful about this because I mean she can tell that I do not like it because I'm always politely asking her oh do you think you could stop that right now I'm trying to work or Lyra's trying to do her homework or I have no reason. I just want you to stop it. (laughs) And I recognize that this is the kind of fail that just makes me look petty and bad. And I got to get over it and let her just be who she is. But it just annoys the shit out of me. What do I do? How old is she? She is 11. (laughs) Well, I I don't want to out petty you, but I think that (laughs) I might come to her and say, you know, Harper, I've got some really bad news. Um, I went to the doctor today, the ear doctor, and it turns out that I'm really sensitive to whistling. My ears are so sensitive. (laughs) And it it can give me these really bad headaches, and I would really hate to, you know, have something like that happen because then I'd have to go to bed and I wouldn't be able to cook dinner or take you to school. And, you know, so I'm going to have to ask you to to not whistle when daddy's around. I'm also an awful person. You need to create a whistling zone. You know, you're not an awful person. That is... That's a that's a such good advice. Yeah, <laughs> I like the whistling. Uh, it's zone like great, you know. It's a good reminder to always put it on the doctor. Always, yes. Yeah, it's third not me, parties, no. third parties yeah. are the key yeah. to a happy relationship with your kids. Yeah. Always blame something yes. on something that you have no control over, even if yes. it's not true. Yes. <laughs> I would never take whistling away from you. I would not do that. I, exactly. I, as you know, Harper, <laughs> love your whistling, <laughs> mm. but. I think the whistling zone is a really good idea, though. Yeah, whistling zone. I mean, I've tried to tell her that the whistling zone is her room with the door closed, but she <laughs> disagrees. But now it's and a I don't think mandate. she's doing it like consciously. That's part of it, right? That's this is just a thing that she's developed. It's like a habit, yeah. right? Which is like very charming in its way. Um, it's just that I can't take it. <laughs> All right, it's cute. I, I may just try and get over it, but if I can't get over it, I'm definitely acquiring an ENT who told me this information? Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right. Before we move on, let's uh, do the business here on Slate's Mom and Dad are Fighting. Slate's parenting newsletter is the best place to be notified about all our parenting content, including episodes of this podcast and Jamila's new columns on care and feeding, plus everything else we publish. Also, I write the parenting newsletter, and I try and include something weird every week. Um, please sign up for it. It's very fun. It's at slate.com slash parenting email. Uh, sign up and get a treat in your inbox every Thursday afternoon. As always, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, please leave us a message at 424-255-7833 or email it to us at momandad at slate.com. And check out us on Facebook. The Slate Parenting Facebook group is really fun. It is full of parents seeking advice 
and other parents giving advice. It is almost entirely free of assholes. And when we find assholes, we ban them. Um, so it doesn't get out of control. It's a good place. Just search for Slate Parenting on Facebook. In Slate Plus today, we are talking to Jamila, uh, welcoming her to the Slate family and talking to her about what I believe to be her truly extraordinary co-parenting situation and uh, her upcoming, again, truly extraordinary move. Uh, so tune in for that. To hear segments like that and to get ad-free podcasts, sign up for Slate Plus. Slate Plus is Slate's membership program. It is a great way to support the work that we do in print and in audio. For just 35 bucks for your first year, you can help cover the cost of producing Mom and Dad are Fighting and your other favorite Slate shows. And in return, you'll get extended ad-free versions of this show and many other great podcasts, plus a ton of other great benefits. So if you'd like to support the show, go to slate.com slash momanddadplus and join Slate Plus today. Okay. Onward. Let's answer some questions. The first question today is being read by the one and only Shasha Leonard. If you'd like Shasha to read your question on the air, send it to momandad at slate.com. Take it away, Shasha. Dear mom and dad are fighting. We have a nine-year-old son who hates taking a bath or shower. He has hated bathing since he was a baby. He fights and screams every time, even during the shower. And I'm not really sure if after all the screaming, he actually cleans himself very well. When he was under seven, he could get away with not showering for a few days or going swimming. But now he needs to shower almost every day because he plays sports. And as he gets older, his body is changing. He tells me that he hates showering because he thinks that he is missing out on other fun activities. We aren't doing anything fun. We are just trying to get him to shower. How do we teach him the importance of hygiene and assure him that he is not missing out on anything? Thank you. Rebecca, would you like to start <laughs> off on this one? Yes, I can take this one. So here's the thing. This is super common, and your son is still really young, and you're probably going to be dealing with this for uh, a super long time, dealing with this. Uh, my son, Teddy, is also a shower hater. And just, I want to say, like two weeks ago, finally, at 16 and a half, started showering without like a daily political campaign aimed at him taking showers. He's just not into them. Like he doesn't have that connection of like afterwards I feel clean and better or whatever. So like a lot of conjoling, bribing. And lately it's literally just like, dude, you smell terrible. Like you can go to school that way if you want, but I wouldn't if I were you like that kind of conversation. Um, but I'll tell you, a huge part of, of the whole thing did become about the dynamic, the like breaking the pattern of not getting into it being a fight, because that is now part of the pattern that you've established with your kid around this. So I'm not sure that like the hygiene connection is the way to go. I think it's more about the process <laughs> through which you can get him there. So maybe like establishing some agreements and some patterns around like when he says he'll do this or when he won't. Uh, but just to like give you an example of like what could happen because this did happen to me and I may have talked about this in the show before. My son, Teddy, as recently as like a year ago, so he would have been 15 at the time, which is way too old to sometimes not shower because 15-year-old boys smell just awful, uh, would the whole rigmarole, like every single night after dinner, after homework, after whatever, he'd be upstairs practicing his bass and I'd be like, you need to take a shower before bed. And he'd be like, I know, I know, damn it, I know. And then you'd hear the shower go on and he'd come downstairs like 
15 minutes later with wet hair, with a whole deal. And then you like get up close to him and realize like he hadn't actually showered. He faked it. Like he faked taking a shower. Like the work to fake taking a shower is so much more than the work to just get in the shower for two minutes and like soap yourself up and get out again. I mean, there is this sort of like inherent resistance to this in some kids. I don't know what causes it, but I do know. I mean, Henry also grew out of that phase because he also went through it when he was younger. He just grew out of it a little earlier, like in eighth grade or so, which is still a lot older than your son. So I would say first, give it some time. Second, the fighting part and the screaming part and the yelling part, like I wouldn't respond to that. Like the more he screams and yells and complains, I would talk softer and be more cool and more chill because it's the fight that becomes the thing they associate showering with rather than the actual shower and being clean and feeling better. It all becomes about like the struggle with you, this pattern of fighting that I have with you. Like I think the reason why Teddy has finally turned around, frankly, is because I've, I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, whatever. I mean, I guess it's really on you if you want to be that kid that nobody wants to be close to. And something has clicked with him finally. Not 100% sure again what it is. But there really is no, like, you know, the ear doctor said that I have to tell you that you have to take a shower solution to this. Mm-hmm. There just isn't. And I, I hate to be the one to break it to you. But if you look at any parenting forum, I think you'll see this is super common. And the very least that you can take comfort in is that you are not alone. That's extremely good advice to avoid the fight because the fight will take over and consume your life uh, if you are in this mode where you are trying to get this kid to shower every single day. um, I just think that that, you're setting yourself up for such unhappiness almost every single day. So my feeling, and I don't know this particular nine-year-old, but nine is pretty early to have to take a bath every single day. Now, maybe this kid is like in some kind of professional soccer club's junior team and is covered in grass every single day. But given how hard it is to get this kid to bathe, and also given that you're already at this benchmark of trying to get him to bathe every day and failing and fighting, maybe the the road to some kind of agreement with this kid is a negotiated settlement in which you get him, you step back from your insistence of every day that you've been going for recently and instead say, okay, you know what? You win. You can just do it every other day. And maybe that is like a step at least for the kid to say, oh, okay, I won a little bit. Like I am getting a little something here. She bent. Um, and maybe that is at least a step in getting this to work. Maybe it doesn't work at all. Maybe he's just like, no, fuck you. I don't want to shower ever for any reason. Um, in which case I would probably just not let him, I would probably just let him not shower and just like not get into that fight. I would rather have a stinky kid than have to have a fight every single night. Jamila, what do you think? So it's funny. There have been some recent conversations on Twitter about bathing and the frequency at which people do it. And I've I've come to understand that there's some cultural differences here. Um, Black folks are we we we've uh, we have to bathe every day. Like like that's just something that in most of our households was a non-negotiable. And and typically it was twice a day, um, you know, in the morning and before bed at night. And and it's something that has been in, in deeply ingrained into us and and drilled in by mothers and grandmothers. And, you know, you come in smelling like outside, quote unquote, you're not going to lay your dirty body on clean sheets. And, you know, you're certainly not going to go out into the world 
acting like people don't care about you. You know, that that's something that we hear so often growing up. And I like to I oftentimes I think I find myself in the middle when it comes to adhering to some of the rigorous standards that we have held ourselves up to, uh, I, I guess, as an attempt at redirecting how people see us, um, you know, due to racism and, and trying to defeat that by dressing a certain way or, or bathing twice a day. Um, but with that, I do think that children should be groomed to take uh, self-care seriously. And, and hygiene is an important part of that. And eventually over time, hopefully, you know, this young man will come to see this as an act of caring for himself as an act, as opposed to, you know, something that's laborious and annoying. But um, but I guess I would first want to establish if there's anything going on, A, physically, that that's preventing him from wanting to bathe? Is there some sort of anxiety or trauma related to water or, or bathtubs that, you know, she may not be aware of? Um, and two, might there be an issue with depression? And like you said, Dan, nine is kind of young to be having this issue, these issues already. But I know that that's something, particularly in teenagers and adults, um, we're not having the desire to, you know, wash yourself can signal that there's something else going on. So I'd want to, you know, as a parent, be clear as, as to kind of why or as clear as possible as to what the why is, you know, because I don't think it's just that he believes there are more fun things to do than bathing. Um, two, I, I would try to make bath time as fun as possible. You know, he is nine, so he he's getting out of that sweet baby stage. And, and so the idea of getting a rubber ducky and a bunch of toys might not necessarily be um, the right thing to do at this point, and maybe it would have been a little bit more helpful when he was younger, but if there's a YouTube video or some music that could be playing in the background, you know, maybe silly questions or playing Mad Libs while we bathe or having mommy or daddy in the room with me and, and they're brushing their teeth and I'm not alone, you know, and, and just bringing some color and light into this ritual may be helpful. And my final piece of advice would be until you're able to get this under control, there may be some sort of compromise. Um, you can buy uh, disposable wipes that uh, are designed for people that have issues where they can't bathe they, due to, you know, health issues. Folks mm -hmm. that might not be completely mobile, but, you know, need to freshen up every day and make sure that he's washing under those arms and between his legs and, you know, that, that he's not walking around smelling. Because when you're the kid who stinks at school, that's a hard thing to to break up with mm. you know when when your classmates have picked up on you having some you know bo or hygiene issues it's one thing when you're a 17 year old boy and you just left gym class and everybody's kind of funky it's another when you're the nine-year-old that stinks every day because you don't bathe and i would hate for him to have to deal with any sort of social backlash for that yeah that's all really good advice too i mean i was funny i was thinking about the idea of making it fun for a nine-year-old and i immediately started uh, I picked up my phone and started Googling, like, waterproof iPad cases, you know? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> is it – they have some that, like, mount on the wall. I mean, there's actually yep. literally, like, iPhone and iPad cases for exactly this purpose, I guess, for people who need to watch videos while they're in the bathtub. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but th that could be a really good solution. And, you know, I just, I just want to say, like, one other thing about, like, the reason why it is important for, for me – what what Jamila said is right. Like you don't want your kid to like be walking around as as the kid who smells bad and all that stuff. But also sometimes you have to realize like all of his friends do too. So that is not going to be a compelling message. Um, but 
the whole idea of like making your life with your kids better. The reason that I stopped screaming at Teddy every night about this is because like I just wanted to have a better time with him every night. I didn't want it to be framed yeah. around this daily fight that it was a daily fight and this is why compromises like the wipes for instance can be such a great solution right now like I don't want to and, and you can frame it that way like I don't want to have this fight with you anymore it's really boring so yeah. can we just agree that you'll do this on days where you know you're not covered in sweat or whatever you'll just take this wipe and do your armpits and your nether regions or whatever and and we'll just put not have to do this every night because I'm sure the kid doesn't think it's fun to have this fight every day right I can't some I can't. kids. Some kids <laughs> love that. Well, my daughter does like she she enjoys arguing sometimes, but um, it, it doesn't sound like this would be you know as fun a fight as uh, the sort of dynasty scenes that we've been playing out in Brooklyn for the past few years. <laughs> also, you know the idea of that like waterproof iPad case. and really making it, you know, maybe he'd get into having a bubble bath and a you know a, a glass of milk or some sort of treat i was thinking of like you know like something where he really has a you know he can re- luxuriate you know he, he may come to appreciate that and it could be you know like say if he gets 30 minutes of tablet time or you know 30 minutes of netflix or tv time at night that if he gets his in the bathroom you know in the bathtub as opposed to on the couch or in his room you know and it's like well if you want your tablet time if you want your screen time this is where the screen is going to be oh so smart. you know that so might smart. be one way and he's also just a couple years away from like locking himself in the bathroom and doing stuff that mom and dad are not going to really want to encounter. So this is in his best interest to make it normal for him to be in the bathroom for thirty minutes, so that when Soon he's twelve, he will prize that time. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good advice from everyone. Thank you, and thank you to the listener who wrote in with that question. All right. Let's answer one more question today. Once again, with our second question, here's Shasha. Hi, mom and dad. My son is 20 months, and he has a cousin exactly three months younger than him. They are both watched by my mother-in-law Monday through Friday for five hours a day. My son is very affectionate, especially to other kids his size. He has always loved hugging and playing with her. His cousin, on the other hand, likes her space. She doesn't like to be touched or hugged. Once they got a little older, he started hugging, and she started hitting. He's learned to leave her alone or get smacked. Sometimes he will just be standing near her and she will smack him. And in the last few months, bite him. He gets bitten at least once a week and recently came home with deep bruising and two little teeth marks almost breaking skin on his back. She's previously left bite marks on his cheek, chest, arm, and back. I'm very close with my sister-in-law. And she is actually pretty stern with her daughter when she's around and will scold her or put her in the crib for hitting or biting My mother-in-law, on the other hand, doesn't believe they know what they are doing. They are just babies. I feel her methods are too soft and are not getting the message across to the babies that biting and hitting are unacceptable. My husband doesn't like that he's getting hurt, but doesn't think we should say anything because we can't tell his mom how to punish his sister's daughter. The whole situation is pretty fragile since she watches the kids for free, which we are so thankful for. My mother-in-law has said that my niece is starting to grow out of her biting phase, but it does not seem like it. Do I send my kid with armor and wait it out, or do I say something? Thank you. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Poor baby. Uh, But bruising and bite marks on your toddler? That's awful. 
regularly too. Not like this one time yeah. this bad thing happened. Right. But right, anyone can bite someone once by accident. <laughs> Who among us has not bitten someone once by accident? <laughs> Who among us? Bite me twice, shame on me. Um, I agree that this is a problem that would deeply concern me if I was the parent of this child. I also agree with those in your life who say that this is probably a phase that will indeed pass. 17 months is still a very young kid. That's how old this biting kid is. Uh, it's not at all uncommon for a kid that age to be in the middle of this phase, a biting and hitting phase. Uh, the first thing I would say, and I would love to hear what y'all have to say about this uh, to move beyond my very simple advice is the mother-in-law has got to do a better job of keeping the kids apart. Like if the problem is that one child is constantly hitting and biting the other child, I'm sorry, even a free daycare provider who is related to everyone has got to keep them separated more often. And I know that that's practically difficult, but like if you believe this phase is coming to an end, at the very least, you need to keep them across the room from each other as much as possible, right? Absolutely. And I wonder how closely is she watching them when this is happening? You know, are they together in a pack and play or, you know, on a play mat or in a play yard and she's watching her stories and not really being attentive to them? But um, the fact that she feels like, oh, it's just a stage is kind of disconcerting. And I, again, free and low-cost daycare are, you know, a blessing in many ways. And, and they certainly come with some challenges, but there's there's no reason to accept this is just the norm. They, they have to have a serious talk about this and come up with ways to address it when it happens. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, and this is like the dilemma that the lack of affordable child care in America puts us in, right? We're willing to put up with shit that we would never put up with if we could afford not to, or if, you know, the circumstances were different in some other way. The bottom line is here, like, there's a couple of things going on. You know, the writer and her son, you know, when I first, this this email, by the way, is so awesome because it takes so many, like, dramatic twists and turns. Because at first when I'm listening to it and I'm like, my kid likes to touch other kids and hug and the other kid fights back. I'm like, good for her. No one should have to be touched if they don't want to be. <laughs> so there was that. <laughs> um, which, by the way, is a fair game conversation for other parents to have with you. Because you might want to be prepared for that to come down the pike if your kid continues to be a toucher and other kids don't like it, like, you should be willing to have the conversations that you would be willing to have with other people. So just one thing that might help is to say, just imagine, instead of like doing a reverse thing, like it was your kid biting, imagine if it were the hugging and touching that were the problem. Would you be okay with your sister-in-law coming to you and talking about it? Or would you be okay talk with your sister-in-law going to your mom and saying like, your mother-in-law and saying like, hey, you know, it makes my daughter uncomfortable to be touched when she doesn't want to be. Is that just something that we can think about like during the day? You probably would be. I know that because you took the time to write this email into us. So I, there's a couple things. And the other one is just that like, this is a childcare situation. And on its face right now, it's just not super safe. Like, like let's be real. Your kid is coming yeah. home injured on a regular basis. This would not be okay in any other childcare situation if this level of gratitude weren't making you feel guilty about saying something. So yeah. on its face, your kid is not safe. 
Uh, the other kid is clearly miserable. There's like a, a bad dynamic going on that needs to be addressed. If it were me, I'd get together with my sister, my sister-in-law, and like strategize together and say, we need to talk to mom about this situation. It's, you know, my kid's getting injured. Your kid's unhappy. It's neither of their faults. They're kids. They're not being managed super well. We need to figure out a way to make this work a lot, a little bit better and team up and maybe just do it as a family rather than rather than triangulate, because I think that what I sense in this email is that you're afraid of the effect of the triangulation. And the fact that your husband has that opinion that he has is not helping, but he's also not willing to, like, help fix it. So I would say that you should get together with the other mom and 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 strategize together, put your heads together, and avoid the thing where it's, like, her kid's fault for biting your kid because her kid's a baby and that happens. But, yeah, this is not a safe situation, and I absolutely think that you need to do something to address it. I think that's very good advice. And the other thing I'd add is in that strategization, I I would love you, the letter writer, to move away a little bit from one of the things that you said in your letter, which is that you feel that your mother-in-law's methods are too soft, that that she's not getting the message across that biting and hitting are unacceptable. Um, it is really not either of these kids' fault. They are young enough that this is not something that you should be surprised or shocked at all that that they are changing or not changing as a result of any kind of intervention. And so teaming up with your sister-in-law to talk to your mother-in-law about strategies and how you can solve this problem is a way better way to think about what to do than you or you and your sister-in-law going to your mother-in-law to say, you got to be tougher. I just wanted to add that, you know, I'm, curious as to how the the mother-in-law and you know the little girl's mom have addressed uh the teething issue in terms of what it may represent like why is she doing this you know she the, the, the teething teething issue the biting issue um because she could still very well be teething you know she's only what 17 months old mm -hmm. so there yeah. she could be in pain and and if she's not being given um you know things where she can safely uh satiate her oral fixation um, with, without having to bite another human being because it sounds like she's quite literally crying out for help. Um, yeah. Something else is being neglected there. It's a, you know, it, it's not just a matter of saying, hey, don't do that. But, you know, wh why is this going on? I have to figure out something else for you. She may need like a little doggy chew toy. <laughs> or some supervision. <laughs> or some supervision. Or both. Turn off or days both. of our lives. Put the bonbons away and play with kids. <laughs> oh, God. Bonbons. <laughs> We're getting one of those uh, Kong toys that you give to a pug and just fill it with peanut butter and <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> I cannot believe you're telling this grandma that she has to turn off her stories. Uh, okay. I think this is very good advice. I wish this letter writer the best of luck. This yes. is I agree that this is just awful, and I would also be beside myself if this was happening. Um, I also believe that th three months from now, this won't be happening anymore. Yeah. That's my prediction. All right, let's move on to a segment I like to call recommendations. It's where we recommend items that we think our listeners might enjoy. Uh, I'll start. 
Um, my recommendation is for a book, a middle grade book that is really perfect for fans of Raina Telgemeier. Uh, Raina Telgemeier, of course, is the beloved cartoonist behind such books as Smile and uh, Drama and Sisters. She is a best-selling, wildly successful uh, cartoonist, graphic novelist for kids in like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Um, she has a new book out. It came out this spring that's called Share Your Smile, Raina's Guide to Telling Your Own Story. And it's a very cute, very charming, very well-constructed little how-to book for kids to learn how to make comics. So it provides you with um, sort of like questionnaires where you start to think through what some stories are you might tell. It gives you sample panels. It, Raina Telgemeier gives you examples of how her comics has, have evolved throughout their storytelling and drawing. And it's just like a great little workbook for people who love comics, who who think they might want to do something like that, but maybe don't know how to start. I found it just super charming and really useful. And Harper also, Harper, who's a big Raina Telgemeier fan, really liked playing with it and thinking about it and doodling in it and exploring within the pages of it. Uh, I just thought it was a really good idea for a book, and I would really recommend it pretty highly. Uh, Jamila, what about you? What do you recommend this week? So I would recommend uh, TaskRabbit, which is obviously not a new platform, but I found in a lot of my conversations with my fellow busy and tired parents, so a lot of people still don't know that it's around. And it's an app where you can book help. Uh, you can have someone come clean your house or help you pack up and move. You can have someone help you organize paperwork. You can get a personal assistant for the day. Well, actually, we once um, I used it to get somebody to stand in line when the passport office opened because I was taking my daughter to Canada and didn't realize the State Department website still says that a young child doesn't need a passport. And so we were at the airport and devastated when we found out that she absolutely needed one. And we were able to get one the very next day but there had to be someone standing in line at 6 a.m. which I knew was going to be a challenge for us and I was able to pay somebody and she stood in the line and we were able to get the passport so parents who need help I'm a big proponent in outsourcing as many things as you can possibly do laundry at times cooking cleaning um, it, it doesn't always have to be cost prohibitive uh, or, or a matter of having somebody there every week but it is a lifesaver and you can book somebody to come, you know, as quickly as within a few hours or, you know, the very next day. That's awesome. I also love uh, outsourcing things, by the way. I'm a big fan of that. And I agree with you. That does not have to be expensive. You just have to prioritize, right? Um, Absolutely. So I'm going to recommend also a tool that is more typically thought about as a work thing. Um, I have recently started a Slack for my family. Uh, Slack really transformed my podcasting business because um, the four of us who work together really closely to it's my husband, but then two other people in a different location. And like we always just had these like endless email threads or whatever. And and, you know, my workplace uses Slack and it just is like a great way to not lose track of conversations you knew you were having. But then also what I like about it, uh, aside from the fact that it has the app, which is awesome, is that there are questions that my kids tend to ask me over and over and over again. Like my younger son, for instance, for some reason, he's always asking me to send him pictures of the dogs. And I think it's because when he's talking to other kids about the dogs, like he wants to show them a picture of the dog. So I just started this and I don't know how well it's going to work. But one of the channels I created in our family Slack is dog pictures. 
And just like they're just there. So he can just go into that channel in the Slack app and like see this library of dog pictures. Uh, We also used it to coordinate a surprise birthday present for my stepdaughter, Lily, where I had a Slack message going with just her dad and my two sons being like, do you think she'd like this or whatever? And it's just more efficient than a group text situation because you don't have to look through a million things and you're just able to like really categorize. And then I just deleted that conversation when we were done with it. So it was not like part of some longer group text thread that would be like muddled later. So I'm just trying it out as an experiment because it's worked so well in my business stuff. And so far, like a week and a half in, I'm seeing like a ton of potential. But like this is one of those tools that like everybody has to agree to use. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And I have two and a half people's buy-in right now. So I'm waiting for that full uh, other person and a half to like really commit and then I'll check in with you guys, let you know how it's working. But I think it has a lot of potential. And if you have a family uh, that is familiar with the platform and using the app and stuff, I think it could be like a family communication game changer, maybe. So that's my recommendation. Try it out if you use it at work. See if it works for your family. And we'll just check in with each other, maybe start our own Slack channel and see how it goes. I'm so interested in that idea. And I can't decide if it would be great or if it would just drive me insane as like another thing, another work-like <laughs> thing that I always ended up having to look at. Well, I just want to get rid of the other stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm, I'm thinking ahead to September and the beginning of the school year. And that is like when, I mean, Henry's going to be in college. You know, Lily's already in college. And there's all these communications around just like the bill being due or like, please send me some more San Pellegrino from Amazon like you did last time. And me being like, no, I'm not doing that. And like those all get separated into these whole things like you have to like like go back and find the email thread find the receipt for the thing find the login portal to the tuition payment thing find the permission slip for the old uh field trip like one of the things i did is um i have to fill out the same stupid medical form anytime my kids go on any school field trip even though i filled out this exact same medical form a million times before so i started a slack channel in our family slack for school forms and i just I put a copy of it there. Like I scanned it and put a copy of it there. So next time one of them comes home with a field trip permission slip, I'm just going to print out this thing that already exists instead of, um, <laughs> you know, filling it out again because it's so boring and annoying and time sucks. So I don't know. I'll let you know how it goes in a few more months. <laughs> but it's a fun experiment and I'm enjoying playing with it. I'm intrigued by this idea and would subscribe to your newsletter. So keep me updated on <laughs> what's do. going on with this. All right, and that's our show. If you have a question you would like to ask us on the air, leave us a message at 424-255-7833 or email us at slate.com. Join us on Facebook. Just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Jess Jupiter. I'm Dan Coyce. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you, Jamila. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.